Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Rethink Life Church Online. Hey, can you believe that today is December the 5th? If you're watching us right now on this Sunday, man, we are 20 days away from celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christmas is coming, and whether you're ready or not, hey, listen, it is an amazing time, and we're making preparations even now um, for an amazing Christmas experience that we're going to be offering. And we would invite you, if you're anywhere in the Lake Nona area in Central Florida, we would invite you to join us for a, an amazing, unforgettable Christmas Eve experience. It's going to be at 5 o'clock at Lake Nona High School. We're going to have amazing worship, communion. Um, there's going to be all kinds of fun surprises and things that we'll provide for the kids and really for the entire family. And it's going to be an opportunity you certainly will not want to miss. And so, listen, you know, Christmas is usually one of those times where, you know, we can have a lot of mixed emotions. For some, it brings emotions of excitement. For others, perhaps it brings emotions that are maybe more um, depressed. Maybe it's not and it's such an encouraging time in your life due to the fact that maybe there is going to be an empty chair this year at Christmas uh, around your table, your family room, because of the loss of a dear loved one or family member. Others of you, maybe you're going through a difficult time financially, or maybe you're facing some health crisis and setbacks in your life. And so, again, you know, it, Christmas is one of those unusual seasons of the year that seemingly can kind of magnify so many different emotions. But can I just encourage you, regardless of where you're at or what you're experiencing right now, good, bad, or anything in between, can I just encourage you to lean in? Can I encourage you to press into this season? Listen, Jesus is the reason for this season that we call Christmas. And this is an opportunity for us to reflect, to prepare our hearts, to really just draw closer to the Lord. And especially for those of you who maybe feel disconnected, maybe you feel distant from God, and maybe you're carrying right now just some burdens in your heart. Let me tell you something, the greatest single thing you could do is to really cling to God during this season. The Bible says in James that if we will come close to Him, He promises that He will come close to us. And so I wanna encourage you during this Christmas season, Listen, allow this opportunity to be a time of renewal, a time of or a time or an opportunity for you to draw closer to the Lord. And you know, as I stated, you know, not only does Christmas bring out uh, you know a wide range of emotions in our lives, but it also has a way of bringing out the best in people, but it also has a way of bringing out the worst in people if you know what I'm talking about. And that's the reason why we're kicking off this brand new series today called Christmas Crazies. Now, you know, if you're anything like me, you know some people, you probably already have this image of a person in your in your head right now of somebody, okay? We're not gonna name names, all right? But we all have that somebody. I call it our heavenly sandpaper. You know, that, that one person, you know what I'm saying? It could be a family member. It could be maybe a person at work. 
uh, it could be your next door neighbor, you know, it could be somebody in your world that you see that you're around, or maybe it's somebody that you only get to see once a year, but you dread the opportunity because this one person, okay, just knows how to push all of the wrong buttons in your life. In other words, they seem to maybe just uh, say certain things or act out in certain ways. Maybe it's just those little things that they do that annoys you, that gets under your skin. One of my favorite uh, movies of all time, especially during Christmas, is The National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, man, I don't think that movie will ever, ever be um, you know, topped when it comes to just the all-star cast. I mean, you couldn't have scripted the personalities of that movie to be any better or more effective because it truly does depict so many unusual and different types of personalities and characteristics and people. And of course, the star of the show, Clark Griswold, is right in the heat of it all. When the in-laws come and all of the distant relatives come and man alive, they knew exactly how to send him over the edge. And so if there's anybody who can relate to you know, expressing a lot of negative emotions when it comes to the issue of dealing with difficult people, it was Clark Griswold. And that's the reason why we are going to be learning throughout this series ways to deal with difficult people. But I think more importantly, it's how we respond or how we choose to respond to the difficult people or the Christmas crazies in our lives that seem to kind of push all the wrong buttons and have potentially the, the potential of pushing us over the edge when it comes to our response. And so how do we tame our tongue? How do we avoid from allowing somebody else to get the best of us? How do we keep ourselves under control so that we don't maybe grow angry, so that we don't fight fire with fire, so that we don't retaliate and maybe do things or say things that we potentially could later regret or harm a relationship between us and somebody else? And you know, sometimes it's not even the things that people might say or even the things that people might do that pushes our buttons. It might even be the things that they don't say or maybe the things that they don't do. It's maybe those things that people often just, maybe they, they, they take advantage of. Maybe it's a lack of appreciation. Maybe it's a lack of you know just being aware or sensitive to situations or circumstances. But regardless, you know, the enemy wants to do everything he can to cause us to lose our testimony. And he'll use anger and he will use all of those negative emotions to trip us up. And that is the reason why, man, this is an opportunity when we are dealing with difficult personalities and people in our lives, we need to go to God for wisdom. And you know what? There's no greater place to go to than the Word of God. And specifically, the book of Proverbs is perhaps one of the best places that you can go to get wisdom because we need wisdom on overcoming a lot of the negative emotions, especially when it comes to the issue of anger. In fact, here's what the scripture says in Proverbs 25, verse 28. I'm going to read you several Proverbs here. It says, if you live without restraint and are unable to control your temper, you're as helpless as a city with broken down defenses open to attack. 
Man, what a powerful verse. Proverbs 12, verse 16 says it this way. If you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, you demonstrate discretion indeed. But the fool has a short fuse and will immediately let you know when he is offended. You know anybody like that who just has a short fuse and they certainly will let it be known when they have been offended. Well, Proverbs 16 verse 32 says it this way, better to be patient than powerful and better to have self-control than to conquer a city. You see, one of the most, I think, misunderstood emotions uh, in, in our lives as individuals is this whole issue of anger. As a matter of fact, I've learned that a lot of people actually assume that anger is a sin, but it's not a sin. As a matter of fact, one of the things that um, we have to understand is that God has given us the emotion of anger. In fact, God himself, when you read the Bible, even gets angry. God gets angry at sin. He gets angry at, at the consistent disobedience you know, that, that people have demonstrated time and time again. When they show dishonor, when they show, discon, when they show contempt, or they, they, they show a lack of respect and honor towards the Lord. You know, as believers, I think there are things that we should get angry over. In fact, we ought to be angry about the things that makes God angry when He sees sin in the world, when He sees wickedness, when He sees the sin of injustice, when He, when, when we see racism, all of the things that breaks the heart of God and makes God angry from a righteous indignation perspective, there are some things that should cause us to grow angry. In fact, we see in the Old Testament when Moses went up to the Mount Sinai and he spent that time with God and God specifically spoke to Moses and gave him what was referred to as the Ten Commandments to take down to the people of Israel. Remember, he wrote those words that God gave him on those stone tablets and as he walked them down the mountain, what did he witness when he walked down to the mountain? Instead of the people embracing what Moses was about to impart to them, they had turned their back and they began to worship false gods. And out of his righteous anger, what did he do? He smashed those tablets of stone. Well, we also see in the New Testament, Jesus, what he, you remember when he drove out the money changers there in the temple because they were basically using that place of worship for their own personal gain and profits. And there was a sense of anger and righteous indignation that Jesus demonstrated. So again, there is a side of anger that is justifiable. But here's the thing that we also have to realize is that anger can be an evidence or a sign of our love for other people. As a matter of fact, you know, I have, my, I've been married for over 30 years, have three kids. Well, if anybody did something intentionally to hurt my wife or to hurt one of my children, you can be rest assured that I would be extremely angry. And if I didn't show anger because of some something that someone did or said that was hurtful or offensive or attacked my wife or one of my children, if I didn't get angry, you would look at me and say, you are heartless. You don't seem to love your wife or your children. So Again, anger can be a sign or a demonstration of our sincere, genuine love for other people.
So the issue, the issue that we want to address today is this. The problem is not anger. The problem is what we do with our anger. And this is where I want to camp out for a few moments. And I just want to encourage you today, take some notes. And obviously we'll have some of these things that we're going to be providing for you. Our person that will be in the chat will be uh, listing some of these points and these verses. I'm going to encourage you to engage with them and engage with us. But there are basically four ways that people uh, basically show, if you will, their anger. And here's the thing we have to remember, remember and realize is that out of these four common areas or ways that people show angry, three of them are negative and one of them is positive. Three are bad, one is good. The first is this. One of the ways that people express anger is by suppressing their anger. In other words, they internalize it. They kind of stuff it in. They, they suppress it. They store it up. They keep it in. It's almost like a Coke can, you know, over a period of time. If you, if you, you know, if you, because of the pressure inside that can, when you open up the, when you, when you pop open the, the can, what happens? It just spews everywhere. Why? Because of the pressure it's been suppressed. But then you have those who repress their anger. These are the people who basically just deny that they're angry. It's obvious to everybody else. It's written all over their face and even in their body language, but yet they refuse to admit the fact that they are angry. It's kind of like somebody uh, you know, it could be your spouse, it could be one of your kids, and they have anger written all over them. And then you ask them the question, they'll say, what are you angry about? And they'll say, I'm not angry. <laughs> and so they will just deny the fact that they're angry. And then you have those who not only suppress their anger and repress their anger, but obviously there are those who express their anger. And typically and unfortunately, those who express their anger through negative attitudes or maybe actions through uh, harsh words that they say, it could be through sarcasm or criticism or just the way that they retaliate and attack through the verbal abuse, maybe even the physical uh, extreme cases of those who retaliate physically because of the anger and the rage in their lives. But here's the thing. Those are negative ways to show anger. But there is a better way, and that's the last way, and it's those who confess their anger. In other words, these are the people who are willing to humble themselves under God's mighty hand. And those who are willing to say, you know what, I'm angry. And, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm feeling this way because of certain reasons. And you know, when we are willing to admit our anger and confess our anger, we're in a far greater place to be able to avoid making mistakes or retaliating in a, towards somebody maybe that would, you know, that could potentially cause us to avoid losing a friendship or losing a relationship. But when we're willing to confess and we're willing to get honest and transparent and say, this is what I'm feeling, this is why I'm angry, it's amazing how we can take that anger and suddenly we can turn it into something that is constructive rather than destructive. We can have those conversations and we can be willing to maybe bridge whatever relational bridges that need to be 
maybe either protected or reestablished or rebuilt in our relationships. I love what Ralph Waldo Emerson once said. He said, for every minute you remain angry, you give up 60 seconds of peace of mind. Man, life is too short to live angry all the time. And here's the thing. Did you know that according to a Christian medical doctor, his name is S.I. McMillan. He's written a number of different books, a lot of different studies he's been a part of. Listen to this. He has identified 51 illnesses that can be directly attributed or caused by anger. 51 illnesses. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the most common causes of depression, doctors often refer to it as frozen anger. That's right. Those who often struggle with periods or bouts of depression in their life is often because of the anger that they have internalized and suppressed for a long period of time. And as a result, it's contributed to depression in their lives. So how do you diffuse this negative emotion? How do you diffuse anger, especially when you're around people that maybe you love? You know, it's interesting that so often it's not so much the people that we don't know, some complete stranger. It's often those who we love or those that we're around the most, our closest friends, especially those that we live with. Sometimes they are the ones that can cause anger. And the reason why is simply because it's easier to be hurt by those that we love and care for. And so here's the thing we need to do. Number one, if you're taking notes, is that we need to understand what is causing our anger. So the next time you're around a family member, maybe during this holiday season, if maybe you're exposed to maybe uh, some time where you're going to be around an ex-spouse, maybe you're going to be around uh, some relatives that maybe uh, they're called distant relatives for a reason. You know what I'm saying? There are those people that typically you would much rather avoid than having to be around. But let's just say you're going to be around some people. It could be a coworker. It could be somebody that the enemy wants to use to distract you, to defeat you, to discourage you, or maybe tempt you to go off and say things or do things that maybe you would later regret. But here's some fun facts, okay? Just to kind of have a little humor in here because this is interesting. Did you know that the average woman loses her temper, listen to this, on average three times per week? I think that's a little conservative there, (laughs) but studies also show the average man loses his temper six times per week. Women get angry with people. However, men get angry with things. I think that's pretty true. You hardly ever see a woman, you know, driving her fist through the wall (laughs) because, you know, she's angry about something, but some guy will do that and be, you know, complaining about how his hand is broken because he rammed it through a wall because he got frustrated over something. Well, here's the other thing. Single adults get angry twice as often as married adults. That's interesting. Men are more physical with their anger more so than women, just like I demonstrated or expressed just a second ago how we have a tendency as men to physically retaliate or express, if you will, the anger that we're feeling. But Proverbs 29 verse 22 says it this way, the source of strife is found in an angry heart. 
for sin surrounds the life of a furious man. So let me ask you a question today. If you're feeling any kind of emotions of anger, let me ask you, what is it that's causing you to be angry? You know what, to be honest, there are some of you, maybe if you were to be very honest and transparent and real before the Lord, you've been angry at Him. Maybe you've been angry at God. Maybe you have vented, if you will, that anger towards God that has hindered your relationship with God because you've blamed God because of the loss of a loved one. Maybe a loved one has, maybe from your perspective, has been taken away from you and you feel like it was unfair and you're angry at God for taking away someone that you love and someone who matters to you so deeply. It could be the fact that maybe you've gone through a health issue you're going through a health crisis in your life and, and you've taken that anger towards God, blaming God for your sickness or the health challenges or setbacks that you're facing. Can, can I just say this? Regardless of what you've been through, do you know that God can handle your hurts and He can handle your anger? And there's no greater place to go to. There's not a greater person to go to than to share your true emotions, your raw anger, more so than God. God's big enough. He's God. God can handle your anger. God can handle the hurt and the negative emotions that you're feeling. And God doesn't dismiss them. In fact, God doesn't look down on you for feeling that way. If anything, God wants you to seek comfort and to seek security. You may not understand it. You may not agree with it, nor Perhaps do you even like what you've had to go through? But you got to understand as hard as it is that God has a plan and He has a purpose. And we may not see it now. We may not even see it in our lifetime. But one of these days on an eternal perspective, when we are before God, listen, when eternity truly reveals God's will and His plan and His purposes of why He chose to do the things that He did, there will come a day when we will say, that makes sense. I understand now. The dots have been connected and now I know why God has allowed certain things to happen. The way they happen, when they happen. And you know what? God wants you to come to Him. But let me ask you a question. When you experience anger in your life, what is it that's causing the anger? Do you know that there's typically three reasons why most people encounter or experience anger in their life. The first is this, it's hurt. In other words, they've been wounded. And you know what? Maybe that's one of the reasons why you, you avoid this time of year. Maybe it's one of the reasons why you don't look forward to getting together with certain family members because you've been hurt by those people. You've been greatly wounded. And here's the thing, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, regardless of how we've been wounded or hurt, the truth of the matter is when we're hurt, the thing that we typically want to do is we want to lash out to other people. And here's what I've learned. When other people do things or other people say things toward us, what I've come to realize is that hurt people hurt people. And it's just a fact. And the same is true with you. When you're hurt 
and somebody's pressing your buttons, guess what? Out of your own protection, you're gonna have the tendency to wanna retaliate and attack, why? Because hurt people have a tendency to hurt people. There's also frustration. You know, it's interesting is that frustration is a very real emotion and we get irritated when something or someone perhaps is standing in the way from us moving forward or for us to achieve something or maybe it's something that we're striving for and yet there is an obstacle in the way. And because of that, we grow extremely frustrated. And here's the thing that I've learned. I've learned when it comes to this issue of frustration Typically, those who have a high need for control, in other words, they want everything to be perfect. They want to be in control. They don't want to have any obstacles. They don't want to have anything that will disrupt or maybe slow down or get in the way of what they want to see happen. High control people are typically very frustrated people. And the end result can be this underlying anger because of the frustration of not feeling as though they are in control of either people or circumstances in their life. And then there's a third reason, that is fear or even insecurity. You know, it's interesting is that fear and anger are basically linked together. And what happens a lot of times is that when we feel threatened, when we feel attacked, it's kind of like what I mentioned a few moments ago. When we've been hurt, when we've been wounded, it's kind of like an animal. When you, when you, when you see a wounded animal and you reach down and you try to help it, what do they do? They retaliate. They want to, they want to bite back. And that's exactly what happens. Why? Because they're fearful. They're, they're feeling insecure, vulnerable in that moment. And it's only natural for us to want to protect ourselves or put a wall up between us and someone else when we feel those emotions of fear and insecurity. Maybe it's just the unknowns. Maybe you're going through some circumstances right now in your life because of the loss of a job. Maybe it's the unknowns of some things pertaining to the coming year of 2022 that really nobody can even predict when it comes to you know, this new uh, Omicron you know, um, strand of the coronavirus or whatever it might be, the stock market or you know, inflation, or, you know, all of the things that have so many people worried and fearful and insecure it can cause people to have this underlying sense of anger in their lives. And so rather than trying to take it all out on someone else, or rather than trying to take matters in our own hands, God wants us to come to Him. God wants us, more importantly, to take all of those emotions and bring them to Him. There's a second thing, and that is not only do we need to understand what it is that's causing our anger, but we need to think before reacting. Proverbs 13 verse 16 says it this way, wise people think before they act. And I think that's so important. In fact, in Proverbs 29 verse 11, it says it this way, you can recognize fools by the way they give full vent of their rage and let their words fly. But the wise bite their tongues and hold back all that they could say. So listen, before you say anything, you know what you need to do? You need to think before you talk. 
But that's easier said than done when the emotions are running high. So what do we do? We have to calculate the cost of the anger. We have to calculate the potential damage, the collateral damage that could take place. And so one of the things that we have to do is we have to remember what the Bible teaches us. Listen to this. Proverbs 29 verse 22 says, An angry person causes trouble. A person with a quick, quick temper sins a lot, the Scripture says. Proverbs 15 verse 8 says, Hot tempers cause arguments. In Proverbs 14 verse 29, it says, anger causes mistakes. And in Proverbs 14 verse 7, it says, people with hot tempers do foolish things. So notice the damage. Notice the cost, the price tag of anger. It causes trouble. It causes arguments. It causes mistakes. And it causes us to do foolish things. In other words, we will say things we will soon regret. We'll do things that we will soon regret. And typically what happens in the eyes of other people, we even lose respect. You know why? Because they see a lack of self-control. So that's the reason why we got to think before we actually react. And how do we do that? We simply weigh the cost of anger in our lives. You see, everybody loses when we lose control of our anger. And here's the thing we have to realize. When we are in those situations, when we feel like we're losing control, we need to stop. We need to pause, push time out for just a moment and ask some questions. We need to ask three questions. Number one, we need to ask, why am I angry? You know, is it because I'm hurt? Is it because I'm frustrated? Is it because I'm feeling fearful or insecure right now? What do I really want from this encounter? Or maybe what do I really want from this relationship with this person? And so what is the, what's the win? What's the ideal? What's the best outcome that could possibly happen? Whatever that is, that's what we have to push towards. And then how can I best get that? In other words, what is the wise thing for me to do in this moment? What is the wise thing for me to say or potentially not say that will help me diffuse the argument or diffuse the anger in the relationship between me and someone else. And here's the thing, when we are understanding these issues and these emotions, Proverbs 19 verse 11 says it best. An understanding person demonstrates patience, for mercy means holding your tongue. And when you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget, for you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. So. What do we do? How do we diffuse our anger? Well, first of all, we have to understand what it is that's causing our anger. And then secondly, we have to think before we actually react. And how we do that? How do we do that? We do that by weighing the cost. There's always that price tag of anger in our lives. And then thirdly, and this is most importantly, we got to ask God for help. You know, in Psalm 141, verse 3, the psalmist says, God, give me the grace to guard my lips from speaking what is wrong. That's a great verse of Scripture because that's what we need to do. We need to ask God, God, help me. God, give me the grace to guard my tongue, to control my anger, to control my emotions so I can avoid saying things to somebody else that I will later regret. You know, it's interesting. If you were to take a tube of toothpaste 
and you were to actually squeeze that toothpaste, that tube of toothpaste, what would come out? Come on, this is not rocket science here. What would come out? If you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what's gonna come out? Toothpaste, that's exactly right. You need to realize that your life is like a tube of toothpaste. You know what, when you're squeezed, man, when life gets hard, when you're in a pressure cooker situation, hey, what is in you when you're squeezed is eventually going to come out. And that's the reason why it's so important in John 15, verse 5. Jesus said it best. Hey, the greatest single thing we can do is to stay connected with Him. Most important daily discipline you can do is to get up, get some time with God, spend time in His Word. Let me tell you something, because when we wake up with that kind of perspective and we put on the full armor of God and we allow ourselves to Listen, be proactive by taking the truth of God's word. Guess what we're doing? We are connecting with the vine. And Jesus said, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But you will live, but, but, but when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Remember, Jesus said, Hey, apart from me, you can't do anything. So if we choose to retaliate and we choose to allow people to push those buttons in our lives, guess what we're doing? We're acting out in the flesh. We're taking matters in our own hands. And as a result, we're discounting God. We're, we're, we're disconnecting ourselves from God. But what God wants us to do is He wants us to stay connected to Him because He's the power supply. He's the one who will help us in those crucial moments, in those pressure-cooked moments when people are saying things or maybe doing things or maybe just not doing certain things that just seem to bring hurt or frustration or disappointment to our lives. Well, guess what? When we're walking in the Spirit, when we're being controlled by the Holy Spirit, listen, when the, when the power of God is at work in our lives, guess what? When we're squeezed, here's what comes out. The Bible says in Galatians 5, 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the nine virtues of the Spirit-filled life. Jesus was all nine of those things wrapped up in one person. And guess what? That's what Jesus wants us to be to a lost world. That's what Jesus wants us to to do when it comes to how we're able to impact other people's lives. Can you imagine if we as Christians actually manifested the fruit of the Spirit in that way at work, in our relationships with people, listen, in our community. Listen, do you realize what kind of powerful impact that could be made? You're talking about being brighter light and saltier salt. That's exactly what God wants us to do during this Christmas season. So in this season, listen, let's allow God to use us to be a game changer, to be a change agent in this season by how we react, 
and how we respond in a way that is rather than negative, it's positive. And we're life-giving, and we're a life-giving source to the people whom God has placed in our lives. I want to invite you, if you would, to join me in a word of prayer. And as we bow our heads for just a moment, can I just say that, you know what, if you're a follower of Jesus and you know Him as your Savior, you know what, maybe there are situations and circumstances that you've been guilty of that maybe has caused you to lose your testimony. Maybe you've said something to your son or your daughter, or maybe to a mother or a father, or maybe to a coworker, or somebody that you feel like you lost your testimony because you lost your cool. You expressed some negative emotions through anger that maybe hurt the other person or offended the other person, or maybe has caused some strain between you and someone else. Maybe you need to ask God today to not only forgive you, but you need to go back to that person and ask forgiveness for them. You realize when we get our hearts right between us and God, it better positions us to be able to get things right between us and someone else. And maybe you're watching today and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe there's been some pent-up anger in your heart towards God, towards other people, towards just life in general. Maybe you feel like you've been given a raw deal. You, you, you've been handed a bad deck of cards. Well, guess what? That's the enemy that wants you to think that. That's the devil that wants you to feel like, you know, that, that all of your problems are God's fault. But you know what? We live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. And God wants you to know that He loves you he loves you so much that He gave all He had. He gave His Son, Jesus, to die for you. And He died on a cross and He was buried and He came back to life to demonstrate that He was who He claimed to be. And most importantly, He came so that He could have a relationship with you, so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be reconnected and restored in that relationship between you and God. And all He longs for is for you to be willing to give up control and trust Him. And place your faith and your trust in Him to be your Lord and Savior. And if that's your need, would you pray this prayer in your heart today? You can pray something like this. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And today I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And by faith, I'm inviting you, Jesus, into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Hey, if you prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a huge favor? Hey, would you just put in the chat uh, box there, uh, if you're watching maybe on Facebook, just type somewhere there in the chat, just say, I decided, okay? Or if you have a phone, can I just encourage you to text the word R-T-L-I-Decided. That's R-T-L-I-Decided to the number there, 97,000 on the screen. We wanna send you a copy of one of these little booklets. In fact, we have it in a digital format. We'll shoot it directly to you as you fill out that form and get it back to us. And listen, it's a great tool. We want to help walk your we want to help you walk out your faith and come alongside and encourage you in every way that we possibly can. If we can pray for you, hey, text us your prayer request there at RTL Prayer to that same number, 97,000. We would love to stand with you in prayer, especially during this season. Hey, we can't wait to see you back next Sunday. Thank you so much for joining us online here today at Rethink Life.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.